Hello, Tilofa Lover, and welcome to All Things Growth Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Fata, and this is episode five. Our guest today is all the way from Nashville, Tennessee. How awesome that we have internet that can connect us to anyone around the world. Um, and this this woman is Samon, and she... Um, I've been following her actually since the beginning of this podcast because she reached out to me and she definitely is, I believe, is someone who emulates and embodies empowerment, particularly within our Pacific community. Um, she's a stand for um, for islands and ownership. She's a stand for um, feminism um, and equality and um, she's a stand for so much. Um, for from what I have read she has a blog um, not only does she have an Instagram handle called Sipping Coco but she has a blog as well she's an amazing blogger I think um, so and she has her content is amazing she keeps abreast about of everything that's going on within our islands she cares to know um, and she's excellent at what she does so she oh I should say brilliant inside joke you'll understand when you listen more but without further ado i'd love to introduce ainsley broom ainsley are you there yes hello hi welcome welcome to all things growth podcast how are you i'm doing wonderful how are you doing I'm doing so good. So good morning over there, isn't it? Yes, it is. Uh, I think seven ten, just a little after seven right now. So the sun's up and bright. So it's night time over there. Am I correct? Yeah, it is ten oh nine here. Oh wow, <laughs> <laughs> that's all good. I just got off a call with an amazing woman, so I'm all g'd up for this. Oh, that's so awesome. Yes. Oh, yes. Okay. Yes. I'm just so excited that you're able to join us all the way from America. What state are you in? I am in Tennessee. So, um, pretty much the South. Yeah. Nashville, Tennessee is where I'm located at. Yeah. Wow. And so were you raised there? Uh, no, actually I was, um, so I was born in Kansas and then when I was three, my parents uh, moved to Arkansas and that's where I was raised. And then, um, about after Four years, uh, so I graduated college, and then four years later, I'm now in Nashville, Tennessee. Nice. And so, when you say college, because oh. university, <laughs> yeah, cool. Okay, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, awesome. And what did you study? Uh, I studied marketing, and then I got my MBA in business uh, administration with a with a focus in uh, management. Wow! Awesome. Congratulations. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> okay cool so Ainsley are you able to actually sorry before I get further on and I actually would do a formal introduction um but I also uh just wanted to quickly introduce and plug that you are the writer behind Sipping Coco or the platform I should say Mm -hmm. um handle on Instagram and so can you tell us a little bit about Sipping Coco yeah. Or should I say sipping coco? I don't know how you like to pronounce it. I mean, I say sipping coco just to try to put that accent behind it. Um, <laughs> uh, just to, basically the reason why I started it in the first place was because, uh, so the reason why I say the accent is because like when I went, would go visit in Australia and New Zealand for my cousins, um, they called me plastic. And so um, it just really, like my sister pointed out that, I should be like, you know, hey, that's not okay. Like, that's you shouldn't be calling people, you know, in our community plastic. And so, like, that was one reason why I started it is because, like, I wanted to prove to my cousins that I'm not a plastic someone. And just because I didn't, I don't know the language um, like everybody else because I, it wasn't my choice. My mom just didn't teach us growing up. Like, many people that I'm now learning in the diaspora, like, didn't um, – get the chance to learn the language and so we're having to teach ourselves um but yeah like I started partly because of that and also partly because like there'll be times my mom like in the older generation this happens often but like my mom I'll be like hey like why do we do this and they're like just because we do 
And I was like, okay, but doesn't make sense. And she goes, you don't understand. And I'm like, right, because you didn't teach me. It wasn't my choice. Um, and so I was just like, you know what? If I don't want this to be like a thing between me and my mom, I'll just go learn by myself. And knowing that there's other people on that same journey, I was like, you know, what? I'll just share my journey with them. Um, and also there's other issues that we as a community have to address in order for us to grow um, and to be more than what we are right now. So those are just like probably the three, I guess you could say three pillars of why I kind of started. So what sipping cocoa? So what kind of content can we find on sipping cocoa? So um, there would be like just different things that we as a community face pretty recently, I would say like, and like, because I try to keep on top of like everything that's happening news wise in our community Mm. Um, on top of like, so like, for example, um, you know, there was the Mark Zuckerberg um, colonization petition that went around for Hawaii. Uh, There was the lands and titles bill that's being passed in Samoa that Mm. I'm keeping up with as well, because um, it's just something that's very important. I feel in our community to keep our land to our people Mm -hmm. um there's also like things like what happened with the young man in australia um so for like their younger generation like we gotta you know make sure that they're staying safe uh and then also like sometimes i just point out like call people out like that's what like i mean by like sipping cocoa like you know there's Mm -hmm. the sipping tea or like i have the tea well (laughs) that's kind of like i wanted to do like the pacifica version of that and i was like ah someone coco so that's where i got the idea for the name and so it's kind of like you know like the tea for this week i would say is the editor and the old editor-in-chief from sunga who Mm. um had some interesting things to say about the amazing show sis and so you know that's some tea right there (laughs) that i was like we gotta talk about this (laughs) can we can we dive into that a little bit more can we like i don't do i actually read it because i think i shared it in my story Mm -hmm. yeah sure i'm more than happy to unwrap that (laughs) (laughs) um so essentially, um, and I think I hope I'm saying it right. Sunga is how you say it correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, so the that was a, for my understanding, it was a pretty prominent Pacifica magazine um, back in the day, and because I've used, I've referenced it in one of my blogs, um, which, <coughs> which yeah, yeah, sorry, bless you, um, which called I used it in a blog that called out like men in our community who like use white women as a status symbol essentially, and they had a pretty good article you know, saying where like somebody went around, um, I think it was Sydney, um, interviewing different, uh, Pacifica men. Anyways. Um, so she essentially basically said that, um, is anyone else tired of loud mouth hyena, Polynesian, hyena laughing or uh, whatever Polynesian women. And I was just like, did you even watch the show? <laughs> like, mm. Did you see what the point was of this show and how amazing it is that like Comedy Central, an American ran, very prominent network picked our people show up? Like, mm-hmm. do you like before you even like said anything <laughs> nice about like before you said anything, period, about the show, you went to the negative. Mm. And it just like really bothered me because like I mean that's basically what a lot of aunties do all the time mm. you know our women are like doing Miss Samoa or whatever our Miss something especially the girls they'll do something and you got aunties in the corner like whispering terrible things about a beautiful woman or strong woman doing something for our community mm. and she even I mean she even had to put in there like I was the editor-in-chief of Suna <laughs> you know like nobody like if you're gonna <laughs> say that like then actually uplift our women and don't try to tear them down mm. and I think what also bothered me because you can't just call out one person um you gotta call all the ones that like commented on her post and was like yeah I agree like 100% like blah 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 and even somebody I think her name uh Tuila Blakely 
we'll call her out too. This is really I'm the, I, I missed that. She, I didn't she was in the com- yeah. She was in the comments saying 100, and I'm like, but Tuila, you were in Sioni's wedding. Like you, like if you're gonna call sis out for per- uh, perpetuating um, Samoan women stereotypes, gotta call you out for being part of a movie that perpetuates right. male stereotypes. And both mediums were pretty, like, groundbreaking for our people. And if I'm going to really compare the two, though, Sis, even more so, because it's picked up by a major American network that could potentially be aired not just in New Zealand and Samoa, I mean, not in Samoa, New Zealand and Australia, but in the United States on the regs. So mm. there's just, like, this comparison, like, if you're going to be negative about it, we'll come for you. <laughs> essentially yeah. huh. i know in like in my dms like i had uh, some people post because i did a post about it as well my story mm-hmm. and um i was like yeah <laughs> she's like they were like oh that girl got dragged um she got dragged so hard i was like yeah no doubt <laughs> yeah no <laughs> doubt when you make that kind of commentary that you're going to get dragged throughout the south pacific and then mm-hmm. some um and I guess I was more interested about the way she viewed it because obviously um, that is a that is a, like it's a normal narrative that people play in their mm-hmm. head that you know um, we do um, that you know we measure success by being corporate or um, you know, start telling those stories. I was just like, well, how do we know that those people in corporate or who are career driven aren't having those dirty jokes or being loud and laughing loud? Like I know, mm-hmm. I know very well lots of women who are in the corporate that are very much like that. It just like strips us and who we are. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I and I can speak for myself. Like I know and like we've had this conversation in our DMs. That, you know, my deep connectedness to who I am, um, particularly in what I'm proud of being someone and what I've learned to accept of myself and come into of myself is to be able to be that loud and proud, um, that proud someone um, woman. So, yeah, I no doubt. And and then I got another comment. Um, this this girl in particular that we're talking about, this editor, like, is she a past editor now? Well, Sunga Magazine doesn't even technically exist anymore. Right. So um, <laughs> I guess she is a past editor. Yeah. Um, and, like, I'm sure, I don't know if she'll ever reflect and be like, oh, man, I should have, you know, because I'm, I'm not going to hate on her because she did do something for our community back, you know, back in the day. But like I said in my post, that's the past and sis is our present and future. Yeah. So, and like they're taking more stories on and more creatives on. I mean, it's just, it's just mind boggling sometimes. Cause I'm like, I'm when she was like, is anyone else tired of blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, is anybody else tired of us tearing each other down to the point mm-hmm. where we can't get up anywhere? So. Absolutely. And there's so much, like you said, to take out of that. And what I really loved is that when I read your blog or your breakdown of the SIS show, so Mm -hmm. um, for any listeners here, just go over to Sipping Coco. Um, Ainsley has done an amazing breakdown of the SIS show um, and dissected it. There's so many takeaways, so many gems there that can be, um, yeah, that can be taken away from the SIS show. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, that yeah. you that you've provided so oh thank you yeah no I loved it because I really was there was some that there was some of the cysts that I was like oh, okay like I knew there was meaning to the to that mm-hmm. but I was just like wait how can I break that down but like it was really nourishing to, <laughs> and refreshing to go over to yours to get a breakdown and dissect it because I was like oh yeah true that could definitely be perceived perceived that way yeah there's just I mean, it was very much a personal interpretation because anybody, mm-hmm. you know, it's like reading a book. Five different people can read a book and get something different yeah. from it. Um, but, yeah, I just, like, I'm just so – like, it's not even my project. Like, but I'm so, <laughs> I'm so like, hyped and passionate about it because the the creators of that show, I they put their sweat, blood, and love mm-hmm. into that show and just seeing it, like, be produced and, like – the message. I mean, I think I've said, talked to you about this, but um, 
like I'm here in America and they're producing a show that's mainly, you know, Pacifica women based in the, in New Zealand, Australia realm of things, you know? Mm. And so sometimes there's like shows that come out for our people that I'm like, Oh, I really, I hate that. I kind of just don't get that Mm. or have that like connection. This show isn't that this show literally speaks to everybody, no matter where you're living in the world that's in our community. And that's like what I am so grateful that they did is that they literally, I mean, even me, I'm in corporate world and I'm a loud mouth person, you know, Mm -hmm. and (laughs) I have to put on this persona when I enter Mm -hmm. the workforce to just be not me, not, I can't really be who I am. But anytime I'm with my cousins, like even my mom notices this, like I am genuinely who I am and I'm happy. Mm -hmm. And that's what sis provided was like this love letter to all of us, no matter where we're at, that we're here, we hear you, we see you, and you can still be who you are and be accepted no matter what. I totally agree. I totally agree. That was definitely my viewpoint was that they have given the permission slip to us to just be okay and be normal, be Mm -hmm. who we truly want to be. um, And not to be ashamed of that, regardless of wherever you are, like where in the workplace or like in a group, like type of scenario. Mm -hmm. Um, Because that's so true. And like, similarly, like growing up in Australia, it's white dominant. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know like you said even in the corporate you know it's like I don't know if you've seen a meme like you dress in like a white person's body and then when you leave work you unzip it and then you're like yourself again mm-hmm. um, it's true and it's very much like that so that's what I love about sis too and I love also with sis that the upcoming generation they get to see that themselves on tv like mm-hmm. p- portrayed on TV as well, they can relate to other people, um, other Samoans, Islanders on TV, and just know that that's normal and it's okay to be accepted as you are. So that's what I love about this too. Yeah, it for sure. That's the main. Like, if anything, the next generation has the, um, I guess you could say, the permission to do more than what we're doing right now. Yeah, and that's like what I hope that they get out of all of this is that we're allowing we're opening doors right now so that you don't have to worry about oh I have to produce this certain type of possible like and that's the thing that you know that editor pointed out is like can we not have more diverse shows and I'm like this is the footstep towards that you yeah. know yeah. this is literally the door being open and we are going to hold that door open so that other creators that want to do sci-fi that want to do you know, rom-coms, romance. I'm a huge rom-com. That's why I love that one section of, you know, the different love stories from the different perspective of their grandparents is because we don't get that hardly. Like I'm, I'm a huge love. I love love. Yeah. (laughs) And so, um, and so like for me, like that's what I loved about sis is they kind of had like a love story in there. And that's something we don't get to see all the time in our, in our movies because like, if you look at all the different movies that have been produced recently, um, the Pacifica people don't get together. They, I mean, maybe three wise cousins they do, but in like Hibiscus and Ruthless, she goes off and is an independent woman, which is great, but you know, mm-hmm. she could have gotten a guy regardless. Um, or there was like uh, Brown Boys where she goes off with a Polanyi dude, you know? So, I mean, Spoiler alerts, by the way, for anybody. Yeah, I was like, wait, I haven't seen that one. (laughs) Uh, It's not, like, huge to the plot line, but it's just kind of, like, there's just different things where I'm like, I wish we had, like, you know, positive love stories for our people. Yeah. Yeah. And I agree. And um, another thing that you highlighted in your takeaways and interpretation of this was, you know, um, the sex, you know, how the, Mm -hmm. who was it? What's her name? Uh, Gabby? Gigi? Gigi. Oh, no. Yeah. No, it's Gigi, yeah. Yeah. She yeah. goes to, is it an ob- obstetrician? Yeah, she goes to the gynecologist. Yeah, gynecologist, sorry. Um, oh, I think I put it wrong in there. <laughs> I got to change my blog. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's, yeah. Yeah, it's gyno. Yeah, it's gyno. Yeah, I think I put OBGYN, which is and for you babies. Know what? Exactly. <laughs> Listen, I'm not in the medical field, so I'm going to put that on that. So, <laughs> updating my blog. Sorry, sis. 
That's all. <laughs> that's so good. I, 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 I will. <laughs> sorry, I will admit I was kind of tipsy when I wrote the blog, so <laughs> I was going off of passion and like a bit of uh, fireball. So hey, I thought it was a good write. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, uh, sex, 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 mm-hmm. sex, sex. Like talk about. Let's talk about sex because it's not often spoken about. Yeah, and... let's do it. Um, especially in our Pacific community, like, I think there's, and there's so many ways that, um, and so many, um, unhealthy scenarios that we can get ourselves stuck in because of the lack of talk about sex within our community. Um, Mm -hmm. and that's what I loved about that scene too. That really stood out for me because, um, yeah, the idea that it's not just men who can be, uh, who can have fun or explore or want to have several partners if you care to. Mm -hmm. Um, but also just like just talking about and knowing that she has safe sex, like she's going to her gyno just to, you know, regular Mm -hmm. checkups. That's really, I love that. Let's talk about that. Like, let's not just talk about like, uh putting a condom on a banana like I don't know yeah. about sex you know yeah um absolutely I mean like I said in my blog like because I grew up so religious like I have this like I guess you could say underlying fear of sex mm. just because it's not like I mean of course I want it but I'm still a virgin at 27 mm-hmm. but that's because of like my like always growing up like perpetually like completely consistently being told like don't have sex till marriage don't have sex Mm -hmm. till marriage um you'll get pregnant or you might you know basically there was like the whole thing like you're gonna get pregnant and so but nobody was ever like sex is fun you know yeah um you know the positive sides of things of like you know and this is gonna sound so probably bad but like you might want to test the car out before you like purchase it, you know? (laughs) And so (laughs) it's just things like that. But yeah, go, go get like regularly, get your checkups done. Um, safe sex. Like that's, if anything, that's something that I feel like we have to talk about. And like teenagers, you don't know, I'm sorry, but you guys don't know everything about safe sex and Mm. you guys should be taught. I mean, there's not just a condom for men, there's condoms for women. Mm -hmm. Um, if you, decide you want to do uh, oral sex there is like a thing to make sure that you don't get an std um that you can place over the genital parts you know um i'm also not a sex Wait, expert stop i have to pause you i didn't know about that like honestly yeah i didn't. think i saw that so there's an account and it's called um it's really just for women uh, in our community but it's called brown girls like to have sex too it's Ooh. on instagram They got a lot of great tips for, um, you know, safe sex and things like that. So, and it's only for, I mean, it's really for people who are um, wanting to be, you know, informed and educated. It's not a place for like, you know, it's a very much educational platform. But yeah, I mean, there's just like different things where like out there to keep you safe and to make sure you're doing everything correctly. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I agree. There's like a definitely a strong abstinence story um, when it comes mm-hmm. to sex education. But um, I feel like we need to understand that sex can be pleasurable, even sex in self-exploration. Um, I think, yeah, I don't think there's enough talk about it. And um, yeah. I think well, like- that, yeah, I, I like, you know, and to know that, like, and even have the discernment. So even like, I think I read, because my sister, she's like raising teen, my sister-in-law is raising teenage girls. And she's like, oh, how do I have sex talk? And I was like, I don't know. My daughter's not at that age yet. Like, I don't <laughs> even know how I'm going to have that conversation. But then I started to do some research. Like I started to listen to some TED, TED Talks and stuff like that. like that. And that's what I found out is that, you know, it is very much about, you know, how to be abstinent ra- rather than actually being informed. And mm-hmm. um it's like a lot about you know holding boundaries is actually a really important part mm-hmm. of sex education like knowing how to honor your no um and saying and knowing that it's okay to say no and how to accept a no yeah um, and know when to give like when you are fully aware of your consenting yes um in a 
mutual relationship or you know I don't know what do you call it mm-hmm. a situation situation yeah, or exactly. or uh, entanglement, entanglement. entanglement. <laughs> <laughs> um and yeah just your own having good body image body mm-hmm. self self image um like there was so much more about it that I learned about than it is about just actual sex and just also to know that you know I think we're taught to feel guilty about pleasure and that's like something that can really either I think if we're learnt if we learn about pleasure and um how to really like nurture that I would say you know we would keep ourselves out of like trouble I would Mm -hmm. like that's the way that I want to term it I don't know the words aren't really coming out of my mouth (laughs) but like um not not so much trouble but like save us from you know a lot of heartache yes and Um, yeah yeah because I think normalizing the fact that people are gonna have sex that's just I mean, exactly. It is. It is what it is, and you can't stop. Um, We're here because we had sex. <clears throat> like we've been having sex for years. We, yeah. we as a human race, are here because of sex. Like exactly. And like to me, it's just like, and that's what another thing was like. You know, women like to have pleasure too. You know, I feel like if you, yeah, I was saying so. Like in our community, men have. I feel like men have sex all the time, and nobody says anything. But one girl has sex and it's just like blown out of proportion, you know? Um, mm. And so that's like the thing I feel like, and, and that's probably in every community, but I feel like for our community, we have to understand that we were colonized just like sis talked about. And mm-hmm. that for some reason, the white man can do whatever he wants with his body. But if we do it, we ha- and it's like, we have to be the bigger person, you know? So it's just, it's frustrating because, like, me finding out how um, sex positive our community was, and now we've been colonized and we're just, like, very taboo about it, but not talking about it or open about it, it's just frustrating. Do you care to share more light on that when you say how sex positive we were? Like, can you paint a picture for the listeners in terms of what that means? Um, yeah, so... I would say, like, our community, in our history, we were, we weren't so concerned about, like, I would say, like, you know, boobs or, like, you know, being a thing. Um, and so I feel like I don't really know the history of it all, but, like, just yet, because I haven't dove into Pacifico sex culture, um, but just seeing, like, how our people were just like free to be who we wanted to be, you know, that's kind of like what I mean by sex positive. Mm-hmm. Um, I know in Hawaii, which this is something you wouldn't do in modern day, but like, you know, they were having, they, they all intermarried with their cousins, which is so they were trying to keep the bloodline pure, um, which is totally not what I'm trying to go for here. But <laughs> it's just like something talked about a lot was that like, they were talking about sex and they were talking about their culture. They were talking about, you know, how are we going to keep things, you know, keep going, that kind of thing. And so Mm. then when colonizers came saying like, Oh, sex is bad. Nobody talks about it now. So it went from being like an everyday situation thing to like a a taboo. Yeah. Mm. It's like, we're not going to talk about this at all. Like, like the, like Gigi, she was like, Oh, you, you know, you're like my auntie to um you know oh why don't you talk to your parents you're like i can't talk to my parents about this Mm. and our we should be able to talk to our parents about this because good gosh almighty like most of our parents in our community all were having sex at at teenage years you know you just do the math with some of your parents and they were having sex you know and so i know for sure i did not have the conversation with my parents about sex i mean i did but it was just like don't have it you know, don't have yeah. any, like, don't get pregnant. That's what it was. Yeah. And so it was like, but like, I will say this. I did have a class growing up and I appreciate this class. And it was a, it was a Bible class, but we had uh, my senior year, we had different parents come in for advice. And one parent came in and was like, right. All the steps leaving, leading up to sex. 
like just write them what you think they are in your head. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, they were like, now draw your line. Where's your line for you personally for no- don't think about anybody else. Don't think about what your parents want you to say. Don't think about what your friend's going to say. Where's your line? And then that's where you draw the line. Anytime you're anywhere else, like before you go and have sex with somebody, know your line. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So like, like, you know, it's not saying like, don't have sex. It's basically just saying, where are you comfortable saying no at? And make sure you plan ahead because in the moment it's going to be hard to say no. But if you already know when you want to say no, then you're good. And if you want to say yes, you're good too. So, I mean, it's just that kind of thinking. And you have to plan, you know, as much as Hollywood like has this narrative of, oh, it's a spontaneous thing. Sometimes you got to plan. So (laughs) I know. I like that. I like that. And it does like it refers back to like, you know, having knowing your boundaries and knowing yourself is really important too. I think that's really, yeah. I think that's something that we don't learn is like really knowing yourself, knowing your body, getting intimate with yourself, your own self-esteem, because all of that's going to impact on how you you know, have your sexual relations, right? Mm-hmm. Well, just like sis says, I do it better with my fingers. <laughs> <laughs> that is, yeah, I love that they highlighted that. <laughs> I mean, like, it's, I mean, we have to talk about it, you know, it's just like something that people got to, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> and I mean, oh, yeah, sex- I have, I've definitely sorry. evolved. I'm sorry. I've like just reflecting back, actually, I've definitely evolved in the terms of like how I, um, you know, you, my sex life, it's currently hung up on the wall at the moment. But what I'm like, how that's all viewed, like it was misconstrued. Like I was really focused on um, the male partner, like focusing on mm-hmm. making sure that they were, you know, feeling pleasured or what have you and really totally, totally um, you know, neglecting my own. And I think that's why it's so important to really know yourself mm-hmm. um, and know your worth too, because you deserve to be pleasured. Yes. And, you know, that's, I mean, that, that's just the sex industry. That's on them too, because they don't teach, you know, pleasuring women like they should. It's a yeah. very much male dominant, like, yeah, this is, this is how you can like, you know, pleasure a guy. But, like, where's the education on women, you know? Um, yeah. This is none. Yeah, there's there's not. And, like, um, so Gwyneth Paltrow has a TV show called Goop on Netflix. And Boop, they have... B-O-O-B? No, Goop. So G-O-O-P. It's okay. her company. And so she has an episode where it talks about, like, the female orgasm. And so, like, it talks about, you know, like, learning, like you said, learning what you like, but also, like, teaching men or whoever you're with you know what you like you know I feel like I feel like women if you're women should understand each other but I really don't know uh but like if you're with somebody teach them what you like mm. how like and I'm just thinking about that like how that goes down for a male's ego <laughs> you know what there, there's a lot of stuff we have to you know for our ego we have to like put aside but they can deal with it <laughs> exactly because we're dealing with a lot that we have to sacrifice well not have to Mm -hmm. but that we are sacrificing at the yeah I lost my train there but um I yeah that is yeah just having like an epiphany here (laughs) for myself right now yeah um so if you're listening young ladies uh yeah educate it's not just about the men male pleasure and I just like I think what did educate me or what created beliefs around me male dominant pleasure in a sexual or sex or intercourse or whatever you want to call it situation um was that my feeds were was porn like at a very young age I was exposed to porn and that's like it's a false pretense of what sex trans mm-hmm. like it's like it is a transaction it's something that should be reciprocated um it's something that should be consensual and that's something that you both enjoy but like I said like porn was something that was the thing that fed my beliefs around what sex should be and how it should be and for any young listeners out there who haven't had sex or want to explore I fully urge you to 
steer away from porn. No, not mm-hmm. that's not the truth. But just know that that stuff is not um, real. It's not real. Yeah, it's Hollywood. It's Hollywood, it's, basically. Yeah, <laughs> basically, basically. Yeah. Anyway, that's my little two cents. Do you no, have it's a good advice. More, anything more to add in that, on that topic? I think I'm, I think it's good right now because I'm like I said I'm a virgin and very inexperienced so that's kind of my <laughs> limit right now. <laughs> and like and, and that's so, like another thing is like I'll just say this sorry to cap off is that if you do decide to wait until marriage that's fine too like you can still be cool and know things and still stay a virgin so yes and you're um, you being a virgin cool person (laughs) um that's by choice yeah yeah yeah, I just to me it's I haven't found that person yet to where I feel fully comfortable just like you know just being 100% vulnerable with them um because to me it, it would seem like I'm giving a part of myself but at the same time I mean, we are human, and at times I was just, I wish I could be a hoe, but it is what it is. <laughs> you can be a conceptual hoe in your head. Exactly. That's what I. <laughs> oh, but I've waited this long. I'm like, I'll find someone special. If it doesn't pan out, it is what it is, and I'll find a, the next special guy, but till then. <laughs> <laughs> well, we bid you all the best for that. <laughs> Um, let's talk about brown excellence. It's something that I yes. to talk about when I first hit you up. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us about brown excellence? Um, so yeah, I, I phrase it as brown brilliance for the, what is that called? The, there's a word oh, sorry. for it. No, is it's it brown fine. brilliance. Oh I say gosh. brown brilliance. Yeah. No, it's fine. It's you know so, what? I, mean, especially... I think it's the sis. The sis is really like just all consuming that I said I get it like I feel like I'm thinking about sis like 24 7 right now just because of the different nuggets that you can like pluck from the show right Um, but yeah no no you're good yeah I just had it like that for the there's a word for it uh but right now I can't think of it um but yeah brown brilliance uh yeah so to me it's just like like so there's black excellence that's why I didn't use that word because the black community has that phrase that's continually being used which is brown x i mean black excellence Mm -hmm. um so i looked up what the different version would be for us brown people and like i saw brown brilliance and i was like i like it Mm. and it's essentially like this idea of like we can attain a level of brilliance to where it's um seen all the time and it's not just one person like everybody in our community can attain brown brilliance and like excel in their lives like we're not just stipulated to a certain industry um no matter like what you choose make sure you're the best at it you know and like we need we need to like highlight those people as well like we need to take like people who are in the business industry who are in law who are in excuse me who are in um you know tour teachers like whatever you decide to do do it well Mm. and like you know I guess it's like I want to see like our people's just you know showcased you know because we showcase only a limited number of people if you go to like if you go to like our different media networks, the same people are continually being showcased, which is great, but I wish they would step outside of it, you know, mm-hmm. and like show others as well. Yeah. Um, because if you like for us in America, we don't really have a Pacifica network that's shown uh, continu- continuously like fresh TV or coconut TV. Mm-hmm. Um, And so, to me, I sometimes wish they do reach out, but it's only, like, you know, with maybe, like, Veronica Palme, which is great. She's an amazing person to look at. Um, Or, like, Jason Momoa. Like, there's just different people they pick out of America's 
um, diaspora where I'm like, there's more of us out here who are achieving greatness, but because we're not media or like what you guys deem, you know, making it, you aren't highlighting that and our kids aren't seeing that, you know? Mm-hmm. So I kind of like to me, Brown Brilliance is just being 100% you in our Pacifica, Pacifica um, community and like, like, like uplifting our voices as well. I love that. And so for the listeners, is this, have you, is this something that you've coined? Is this something that you plan to use as a platform or a movement? Like what, what is, can you talk more about that? Like what is the purpose of Brown Billions? Like obviously you've identified who it's for. Mm-hmm. Um, does that make sense? Is my question yeah. clear? I haven't really like kind of gone back to the idea I saw it honestly because like the Indian and Latino Hispanic community kind of used it because they're also brown here in Mm -hmm. America Um, and so I was like you know I'll use it too because we're brown as well and we have many people doing it and so I think it's more like now that you asked I think I would do more of like an education thing Mm -hmm. like as a way to like I guess I would need to start like a program or something to where educators or people who have community gatherings of young children continue continuously using Brown Brilliance as like an idea for our children. Cause I really like, I'm passionate about the next generation. Mm-hmm. Um, I am a marketing, um, I do marketing for a living, but like before that I wanted to be a teacher. And so, um, teaching the next generation to excel and be all they can be is something that I would want to use that plot, like use that for that idea. Awesome. That sounds so exciting. Like I just could jump out of my body right now. That sounds so <laughs> exciting. Yeah. And that's going to be something obviously in the, like in America that you're looking to. Well, I would want it for everybody because mm-hmm. like we are all very much, there's this like idea sometimes I feel like especially I mean from what I experienced as a Samoan when you come from America and then you go to like the Pacific like so Australia New Zealand or the actual like the islands you know Mm -hmm. um you're kind of looked down on you know like oh you're a bit Americanized or you don't do this right or you don't you know but we are like detached it's not our choice and so like I wouldn't want others in other countries to feel that way you know I would want this to be something for everybody across the world because I'm not gonna like say oh you're from Australia you wouldn't get this you know so I'm like the internet has connected us all I mean right now you're in Australia right correct yeah yeah you're in Australia and I'm in America and we're talking about stuff so I mean when has this really ever happened to where our family, like the older generation was able to talk about ideas and like unwrap things when we're in different locations. So the internet has connected to us, has connected us all. And there shouldn't be like this gatekeeper saying, sorry, you're somewhere else. (laughs) Yeah. No limits. Right. Yeah. Oh, I love that. All inclusive. So keep your ear to the ground basically. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, start planning something now <laughs> <laughs> no pressure <laughs> no, it's just funny because like when I started this whole like blog out you know you just start something and you're expecting a lot and now I'm just like oh wow I gotta I got a lot of work to do <laughs> <laughs> you're doing awesome I know that pressure and I just like I just don't I don't slave to that pressure I'm just like <laughs> whatever will be will be yeah um so yeah, how long ago did you start your blog? I started a year ago, so it was in it's coming in about two months. It'll be a year now. Wow. Yeah, it's crazy. I, there's just a lot of things that have happened since then, and I was like, wow. Yeah, yeah. Gosh, I can imagine. I remember the first time that I like uploaded a podcast, and you reached out, and I was like, oh, I'm so. Blessed. I loved it. It was so awesome. Just like what you talked about was amazing so blessed and and I'm just so buzzed out that you're able to be here and and join us here on all all things growth so thank you so much again absolutely I 
feel so honored to be on here because I remember listening to your podcast for the first time and you talking about like wanting to uplift Pacifica women voices and that's just like something I've been passionate about as well especially since this recent post I posted last night which was like you Pacifica men need to be uplifting our women's voices <laughs> I'm so sick and tired Wait, have I missed that I think I it was that. like probably uh it's probably seven hours ago or something yeah it's, <laughs> it's super recent but I you know I just another tea thing I guess what, you say, yeah what triggered that so I have like any time like any like male dominant you know whether it be sports or like the movie like the legend of Baratoa or you know take back home take home pay anytime those movies are out or about to come out or mediums everybody like the men the women the teens are all posting about it on their like mm-hmm. on their Instagrams, and it's not just like an Instagram story where it goes away in a day. No, they're making like full on posts, and they're like promoting <laughs> it. And I'm just like, where the excuse me, where the fuck is your post for sis? Like, where is it? Because I don't see it on your timeline at all, and yeah, I'm sick. Actually... Of, I'm like so tired of seeing that happen. Like rugby players, you've got up to like a hundred thousand K followers on your Instagram. I see mm. you. Where are you like uplifting our artists? Because we support you when you're on that field. You gotta do you gotta remember the community you came from. Because yeah. like the rugby narrative is not for everybody, you know? Yeah. And so and it's just frustrating because like why do you think I think, the- it, I think it speaks so much to like how existent patriarchy is within our community as well and like how mm-hmm. that's not it's unfortunate that that's probably not always been the way it has been but it's just how strong and in ingrained oh, it is within our yeah. communities and it it's sad i i have a complex towards men mainly because of my father but also because like i can it's just so unfair the inequalities between i mean you look at the the people on the councils for this lands and titles bill that's about to be hopefully stopped if you like look at the samoan observers um pictures of everybody that's in the in the room making the decisions all men like where are women why aren't we sitting in there saying like hey this is a stupid decision like, y'all yeah. don't need to be making this. You're literally opening up our borders for foreign countries to come in, buy the land, and we will no longer be Samoa. Yeah. Sorry, I just got really passionate there, but <laughs> just no, thank you. It's definitely a topic that needs to be spoken about and brought to brought forward for a lot of people, especially us when, you know, just because it's not in front of us doesn't mean that we can't pay attention to it. Um, that was even a lesson for me to read that blog and just be like, well, I should actually probably be abreast of this because I love going to Samoa. I love Samoa purely for that fact because you feel Mm -hmm. free. You feel free when you're there and you don't feel like it's governed in the way that, you know, we are here. Yeah. Um, And so I should care about it. And um, I think that's something that we should also, again, if you're listening, head over to Sipping (laughs) Coco. Um, She shares a lot about what's going on and like she said her source is the Samoan Observer as well so you can even do your own and go and read up about it Um, but essentially like Ainsley said um, you know there is a threat to the bills that will be passing um, if we don't do something about it that they will essentially be taking away our entitlements they'll be taking off land Um, so we you know, if you want to have a say, if you love Samoa in the way that it is and the way it's governed so far, definitely have your say. There's a petition that you can sign um, and even contribute towards even a donation to get that petition up there. So, yeah, um, yeah, have your say. Just because you're not in Samoa doesn't mean it doesn't affect you. Yeah, because you could be the next Matai. You don't know it. So Yeah, yeah. Um, so thank you thank you for shedding light on that I really um, it definitely has yeah told me kicked me up the ass and just said yeah (laughs) care more care more it means I mean they I mean we fund that place when we send money to our families or you know go there for vacation it's not just the Polony tourists that are there yeah or the Asian tourists yeah we we feed into it right yeah Mm -hmm. you're so right So it's just, it's something I'm passionate because like, if you just look at Hawaii, like I read a book over the history of Hawaii Mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. and the same thing is happening that happened in Hawaii and look at Hawaii now. Yeah. Like nobody has control over their land anymore. So yeah, that's heartbreaking. And that's the one thing that we pride ourselves on um, in the Samoan independence and we pride ourselves of where we come from, especially with the Mao. Mm-hmm. Um, and everything that's happened there. So yeah, if we care, if we ca- if we care to carry on that pride, it's something that we should yeah definitely care about um, and know about. So I appreciate you and I acknowledge you for doing that. Thank you. Yeah, um, thank you for supporting. I mean, it's not really my petition. I just came in contact. I heard about it and I was like, uh, no, no. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I even like wrote. Um, from my personal Facebook on the Samoan Observer, I was like, look, I know y'all are supposed to be journalists and only be unbiased, but, you know, journalism, honestly, is never unbiased and y'all need to step it up and call them out. <laughs> yeah. Good on you. I just, yeah, I was so passionate. How, well, mm-hmm. with that passion, what, what do you think needs to change in order for, like, what's the next best step? that could happen in order for a woman to be included in the, in the decision-making. They need a, I mean, there are probably, I think the last stat number I saw was 5% of all Matai's are women. Um, Just 5%. And in Samoa, because there was hardly any representation in parliament, they had to make a law that said, a minimum, a minimum of five women have to be in parliament. Like, mm. what, like, if that doesn't point out the disparity between men and women leadership in our own, like, homeland, I don't know what is. Because the fact that you have to make a law that said at least five seats have to be <laughs> filled by women, like, it's a great law to have, but we don't need a minimum. We need to have, like, an entire, like, half people mm. need to be in there and we're half yeah we're half of the population yeah population that's exactly right and so it's just like it's it's just annoying that they want to be very western thinking yet they won't even try to let their women be western thinking at all they're like no you still have to be in the kitchen and you still have to serve and you still have to you know you're you can't be in the room with all the chiefs like you're not your voice doesn't matter you know so you can't be West. I mean, they're doing Westernized in the backwards way. Hmm. And our women were there on the forefront. There's pictures literally of us being like in battles. We were the part of the people of the Mao movement. Like we had a huge part to play in that movement. Um, and so to dismiss us and make us like go back to the kitchens is just like very frustrating and annoying. So is that a call out again to us women to, to raise speak our up voices? On it. Yeah, like, like to, I would say Samoan women or other islands, like, make your voice known. Like, go to your dads. Go to your uncles. Talk to them. Say, like, hey, I want to be a part of this. And if they say you have to be a Matai, say, all right, sign me up. Where do mm-hmm. I fight to have this title? Because if you have brothers who don't give two shits and you do, and they're the ones that are going to get the Matai just because they got a penis, then you need to speak up because <laughs> I'm sorry, that was so crass, but it's just how I feel. <laughs> like just because they have one a different genital than you doesn't mean that you can't have your say. No, because I, totally, I hear you. I mean, the Marks of Mana, which is a documentary that just dropped, we are the ones that brought the tatau, the tatau to mm. Samoa. It wasn't the men. Mm. And like so many of our like legends and like, histories have women who are major leaders but because of this like since world i would say it was world war ii and after that changed that thinking more than anything Mm. so it's just like you guys i mean well women have been the first discriminated peoples like ever Mm -hmm. like we have been it's been like that for centuries um and many of us are raised by strong, independent women. Like, that's why I'm so outspoken as I am, much to my mother's dismay, <laughs> because she raised me that way. Or I yeah. saw her, I saw her in leadership positions, mm-hmm. and I saw her not give two craps what men think, and she says, no, this is how it's going to be. Yeah. So. Love it. 
Yeah, I say like go go and encourage your the young women. Like if you want to have women more women leadership, teach them, train them. Mm. Like train our young women to be outspoken, educated, like in politics because you can you can be in the arts and you can be political too Mm. that's what i mean like we this whole theme of cis they are educated women who know about the politics that happen in our in our community Mm. love it love it love it (laughs) yeah (laughs) it's just something i'm just like ah no it's it's something that definitely needs to be discussed and at least you know start to think about you know, how, you know, we know what the problem is, we identify it, how, what is the solution? Like, mm-hmm. let's think towards what the solution could be. Yeah, like, you gotta learn how to cook, well, you need to also learn what's going on in our community, too. So, yeah. Do both. Yeah. And if you get, and here's just a little bit of advice that, like, just thinking about, like, you know, back in the day, women weren't allowed to, like, go speak in public places. Well, if you don't feel comfortable speaking in public places, have friends over, like have a party and then discuss those things with your friends. One little yes. conversation can change like the world, you know? Absolutely. Uh, I agree. I, that's, that's probably like a, probably a micro step that could probably occur in, um, in addition to women speaking out and taking initiative and taking mm-hmm. on those, those roles um, it's definitely having the discussion, especially challenging men about their views um, and values and, you know, having that, that yeah, that prompting mm-hmm. conversation to view, like, how things are and is it okay, is it fair, do you think it's fair, um, do you think things need to change? Because I know it is. I, I can see it slowly changing in society um, in general, not even just the Samoan community, but... Um, the roles have sort of switched up in terms of like, you know, the working woman um, being the breadwinner and, you know, mm-hmm. the males sort of switching up and doing more domesticated things. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's still a very heavy presence of patriarchy, even though that's the case. But I like it's a slow process. It's always going to be. Yeah. I mean, it's but, just baby steps for sure. Yeah. Di- definitely having the dialogue, definitely having the discussions um, with close friends and challenging each other's views and values is definitely important. I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, um, I just also, just heading off to um, wrap this up, I wanted to, for our listeners, what makes you so Ah, comfortable in who you are? Oh, um, that's a good question. (laughs) Uh, I would say it's years of work. Mm. Um, You kind of like have to work at it uh, to, and figure out, and actually just take the time to sit down and figure out who you are Mm -hmm. and know that you're going to consistently change. Like your views on things are going to, are going to evolve. Um, but also like just learn to love who you are. Um, there's going to be times people will come and be like, why do you do this? Or why are you this way? And just knowing that deep down who you are. And I guess one thing that I always remind myself consistently is that I know our ancestors have our back. And so that's what I'm always like thinking about is that like my ancestors are with me. Like, the people who came before me and made that pathway for me, they're mm. with me. And there was like one time I think I read where like someone had either talked about or read it and they were just like, you know, I didn't think I needed to speak about this. But then like I heard my ancestors saying, no, you need to do this. And so that's like probably what makes me comfortable in who I am is just like knowing that those that came before me were doing the same work and that mm. they call on many of us to do that same to continue that work and to make our community greater. And so like, if you ever doubt yourself, just know that like your ancestors are with you. You have a line of powerful, strong Pacifica women who have your back and who are uplifting you no matter where you're at. Like you can be in Samoa, you can be in New Zealand, you can be Australia, you can be America, England, Europe, wherever you are. Like, just know your ancestors 
are always with you and are guiding you to who you need to be. And they accept you and those that know you will accept you for who you are. Mm-hmm. Love that. And what advice do you have to people who have been called plastic Samoans, plastic? Oh, <laughs> y'all just tell them to shut the fuck up. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I would just, like, honestly, yeah. Or tell them to co- send them my way and I'll set them straight. Um, but, yeah, I honestly, if you are so, if you are upset that you don't have anything to say back to them, for being called plastic, edu- like educate yourself. There's no greater come like no greater revenge than them calling you plastic and then coming back at them being like, "Well, did you know this? And did you also <laughs> know about this? And did you also realize that our community and like the biggest one, tell them that our community is not limited by language and dances." Mm. Because that's what that was mainly the reason why my cousins were calling me plastic was because I didn't know the language. Tell them that they are small-minded for thinking that we are limited by just language. Mm. Now, don't get me wrong. Our language is powerful and it's something that we need to preserve and something I'm working on. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, we've got history. We have, you know, um, traditional wear and, like, so many other things that is our culture. Mm. So I would say educate yourself so you have a so you have things in your pocket that you can throw out and also tell them that it's small minded to call each other plastic. And they are literally um, actively killing our culture by saying that. Tell them mm. that. I would say you are actively killing our culture by saying that because you're mm. discouraging others from wanting to try to learn because you're making fun of them. Mm. Because some people I've talked to were like, I don't understand. Like I've been called plastic. So I was like, what's the point? what's the point of learning our culture if I'm not going to actually be accepted? Mm-hmm. And luckily I don't have that mindset. I'm more of a, I'm going to fight you and I'm going to be Stick better. To you. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to be better than you, but at the end of the day. <laughs> and so like you say, I'm this little person. Well, I'll show you that I'm bigger than that. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, don't let them back, put you down. Don't remember. They're not your ancestors. They're yeah. your, you're your peers but your ancestors are counting on you to carry on the torch. And so, yeah, that's what I would say. Like tell them to F off and then guard yourself with some battle, you know, things in your back pocket and then show them that you're better than that. And then question them about stuff that, you know, because if they don't know, then they're plastic, (laughs) you know, (laughs) they're the ones who are killing our culture. So yeah, there you go. (laughs) There you go. A very passionate response. If anybody ever calls you plastic, send them to Ainsley or start, uh, yeah. a, or start a blog. <laughs> or start a blog, you know. We need, I mean, that's the thing. We don't have a quota. Like, that's the, I wish yes, people would stop. No limits. There's no limits. If we need five million, we need five million, you know, Pacifica podcasters. We need five million people that are blogging, five million TV shows. I mean, that's what we need. We don't need someone being like, well, this just started. Like, I'm going to shut it down. No, yeah, there's no, we, there's always space for everybody. Exactly. Yeah. hundred percent. Oh, on that note, thank you so much. <laughs> you beautiful brown brilliance, not brown excellence. Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> You're doing great too, girl. Like I am so excited for all the people you're going to uplift and you're going to be spreading the message of our people. It's just awesome. Thank you. I do try my best. And like you said, there's no quota we're doing. We're all providing some kind of facet of our culture of ourselves and contributing. Right. So Mm -hmm. yeah, thank you. It's color. It's a collective thing. Yeah, absolutely. And it's going to take all of us doing something that's going to make our voice actually heard. So you're doing amazing. You too. Thank you so (laughs) much. So there you have it. I hope you really enjoyed episode five. I know I did. It was such an honor to have the beautiful mind of Ainsley Broom share with us um, about so many topics. But if there was any topics there that you felt like you need further support in or more curious about and you just want to have a chat for Frida hit me up on my handle it's underscore Sarah Seller um, or even hit up 
um, Ainsley herself as well. She is at Sabine Coker, so S-I-P-P-I-N-G-K-O-K-O. Um, you also are able to access her blog via her bio. Um, I would highly encourage you, um, if you resonated with any of her or myself, to get in touch or even just go over to her blogs and um, just have a read. Um, but feel free to get in touch with any of us if you feel like you need further support from the topics that we're speaking about. Until next time.